Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. We will be holding this meeting via Zoom for the foreseeable future. If you'd like to attend the meeting live, go to oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. I am Don. I'm a compulsive overeater, and uh, I always bring pictures along to prove it. Uh, it also helps me remember what it was like when I when I first came in um, because my head wants to tell me that I'm completely cured and I can relax and I don't have to do this anymore and this is where I head back to uh, when I get into that kind of thinking uh, a few degrees at a time a little bit like an airplane that's uh, heading across the country uh, you're going to New York it gets a couple of degrees off course and uh, within a few hours you're heading to Mexico so uh, I have to stay uh, in touch with program if I don't want to go in that direction. Um, I do not remember any time in my life when I was not a compulsive overeater. I have, I have seen pictures of myself as a little kid uh, when I, you could see my ribs. I have not seen them since. Um, I remember always having a very different attitude towards food than any of my friends. Um, they would do weird stuff like say, I'm full. They would stop eating. They would leave food on their plate. Uh, I and I would not leave food on my plate or your plate if it was within arm's length when I was a kid. So uh, I always had a different obsession and a different feeling about it, and I knew I couldn't stop eating. And I didn't know why, and I didn't know what it was about. I just knew that I was different. And I was much heavier as a child than I was even in the pictures you saw. Um, enough that people on the street would turn around and look at me. Uh, and so that means up here in my head, uh, I, I, I always thought I was heavy, regardless of what my outsides looked like. Um, indeed, uh, once pre-programmed, I starved myself down to maybe 30 pounds less than I weigh now, and I still didn't like the way my body looked. Um, and it tells me that I had to let go of a particular conception of one day I was going to wake up and think my body was fantastic. And oddly, when I let go of that expectation, I came to a peace with what I look like in a way that I hadn't felt before. So uh, I tried dieting continually. Uh, I, uh, I could take off weight for short periods of time and then gain back more than I had put on and sit there wondering what happened. Why, again, did it do this to me? And what was that all about? Um, and uh, and then I I kept thinking I I got to be able to do this I there's a gimmick there's a trick there's an angle there's some new something or other fill in the blank uh, that I should be able to do this and I just haven't figured it out and I don't know why and in other areas of my life when I had goals that were really important to me for the most part I was able to achieve them and it was a fairly logical, uh, all right, I'm here, goals over there, what are the steps between, do it incrementally, how do I get there, and if I really, something I really cared about, something I was usually able to accomplish it. Then they came to the food, and it kicked my ass every single time. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't do it. It wasn't that I didn't know what to do. I mean, I can tell anybody here how to lose weight in two words. Eat less. Understanding that did absolutely nothing for me. Uh, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't bring myself to do it. When I went on a diet, it felt like 
I was trying to force a behavior on myself that was so alien and so contrary to the core of who I was that I would just build up this spring of tension inside me, tighter and tighter, and then it would explode and I would go out and, and eat to make up for lost time and soothe myself with almost a visible ah, you know, I, I'm back to who I am. Uh, and I heard about Overeaters Anonymous about 10 years before I came into the program. Uh, I didn't come in for a very simple reason. My ego wouldn't fit through the door. Uh, I couldn't imagine admitting that because I'd been successful in these other goals in my life that I couldn't do this myself. I just thought I've got to be able to do it. And so I just, uh, I, despite every single incident in my life proving to me that that wasn't true, I kept in, in my head insisting that maybe this time is going to be different. And I, re- I have a vivid memory of laying in bed with this gigantic stomach, feeling it and going, uh, ah, I give up. I, I can't do this. I've tried everything else. I'm going to try over years anonymous. And this was in 98. Um, I, uh, I called up and I got a pre-internet, of course, got a phone recording of, you know, 20 minutes worth of meetings, found one near me, went to it. It was a Saturday. It was rainy. It was dark. It was in the log cabin, which even on a sunny day is a, is a creepy place in those days. Uh, and uh, the speaker, I thought, was brain damaged, and I was so out of there. Uh, and um, and, uh, and is this tiny little woman named Doris that you old-timers know gets between me and the door, sticks her finger in my face. She was in her 90s at the time and said, uh, don't leave before the miracle happens. And I thought it was sort of amusing and cute, like, a, you know, as if a rabbit started talking to you. But <laughs> I didn't really understand what she was talking about. Um, but it was intriguing, enough to come back to another meeting the next day. And then I went to Serenity Sunday, Roxbury Park, bright, sunny, people laughing. Uh, uh, Natalie, who was there, lost 350 pounds, had it off for 20-some-odd years at the time. Uh, and I... Uh, I thought there's something here. I don't know what it is. I don't understand it. What I'm doing is clearly not working. I should try it uh, because I've got nothing to lose. Um, I picked the sponsor very scientifically, Michael B., who was the only one who came up to me and said, if you'd like to call me, here's my number. Um, that was as scientific as it got, but it worked, and we're still together after 23 years of, of working the program. Um, so... Uh, I just literally just sort of dove into it, not understanding it, and just trusting like, you know, it, it, sort of like when you learn to ride a bicycle. It doesn't stand up by itself and it falls over and you think it's impossible to ride it. But then you see kids in the neighborhood whizzing by on their bikes. And that's what I saw. I saw people with a serenity around food, which I at the time I didn't get the serenity part. I only got that they lost weight and kept it off because that's what I was interested in. I wanted, my default was how much can I get for myself? How little can I give in return? How fast can I get it? And how soon can I get out of here? So you, you can probably deduce from that. It was all about me and it was all about my ego and it was all about what could I do for myself? Because all of my compulsive overeating was how much can I stuff in myself before anybody comes along and stops me? And so it was the same sort of thing here. Let me get as much as I can and let me get the hell out. Um, but as I started to work the program, I was lucky I got struck abstinent right away. Uh, and as I started to work the program, I remember going up for a 60-day chip. And uh, I realized there was something missing that I hadn't noticed because it was missing. For me, it's easier to notice something intruding than it is something that's not there. And what wasn't there? What wasn't there was the spring wound up inside me. And I thought, oh, 
I hadn't even noticed it, but every other time I lost weight, tension, tightness, spring, explosion, no spring. I thought, whoa, something very different is going on here. I didn't know what it was, didn't know how to articulate it, couldn't explain it, but it felt different. And I, and I realized that I was on a, a very different path. Um, if you asked me when I first walked in the door, why are you here? I would look at you like, is this a trick question? Why would I be here if, except to lose weight? What else would I want? If you ask me today why I'm here, I'll tell you it's because I don't want to eat compulsively. Very different. I could lose weight while eating compulsively by just forcing myself. Um, but if I do the deal, if I do the program, I get a release from the compulsion of overeating. That's profoundly different from anything I'd ever felt in my life. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a peace and it's a serenity to make food a neutral object, which was never the case in my life. I mean, pre-program and even, honestly, sometimes in program, uh, I can be in an event and, and if you're between me and the food, I will run you down. Uh, I won't see you. I won't talk to you. I want to get over to the, the buffet or the food table or whatever it is. And I want you to leave me alone and, and I want to isolate. Um, if on the other hand, I'm in program, I realize that there are actually people at these events and that they will talk to you. And if I'm talking to people, I focus outward. The whole trick to me, trick is, in a, is the wrong word, but the whole focus of this was a moving from my initial selfishness, which I described coming in, of what's it for me uh, and how little can I give for it, to turning outward to what can I do to be useful to somebody else. Not my default behavior by any stretch. But when I get into that mindset, then my food issues take a calmness and a, and a lower down. In fact, every area of my life takes a calmness and a lower down. Um, I, I think the essence of the program is in the doctor's opinion, uh, because the doctor's opinion said that there's two aspects of the disease. Um, the first one is an allergy of the body, which uh, it, it first sounded weird and, and put me off, but allergy only means medically an abnormal reaction. And my abnormal reaction, perhaps easier to understand with alcohol, although I'm not an alcoholic, but my abnormal reaction is when I start eating compulsively, I cannot stop. I literally mean do not be anywhere near me um, because I can't stop. And I will just be focused on it. I will shut out the world. I will not hear anybody. I won't see anybody. I'll be very upset if you, if you interrupt me. Uh, I am in it and I'm in that mode of an eating machine. That's for me, that's the allergy of the body is I get into this, you know, shoveling food mode and I am an automaton. The other half of it is an obsession of the mind. Because if you have an allergy to something like you're allergic to peanuts or you're allergic to fish, you, you don't eat peanuts, you don't eat fish, no problem. I mean, you may casually want it, but you know the consequence of it. On the other hand, if, uh, for me as an addict, um, I know the consequence of eating too much. I know it's unhealthy. I know it makes me gain weight. I know I'm disgusted with myself. And this obsession of my mind drives me to do it anyway. It tells me it's okay. And it tells me to do it. So, uh, scientifically, at least so far, I, I'm not aware, I don't think there's any way to, to change the allergy. I think that's the way I'm genetically programmed. Maybe it was enhanced by my environment. Maybe not. Uh, but I can do something about the obsession because if I don't start, it's not a problem. 
it's it's a terrible program has an expression of it's not the thousandth compulsive bite that puts on weight it's the first uh if i if i don't start eating compulsively i i'm okay once i start i'm dead and so the program to me is about getting to a place of serenity that i don't have to start the compulsive eating doesn't mean i don't get the urges doesn't mean i don't get the thoughts but i have i have uh, tools to deal with them that i never had before I have an ability to quiet the voices. Before, I would get an urge to eat something, and it would be in my mouth before I could finish the thought of this probably isn't a good idea, um, and I'd already be chewing it. Uh, now, I have a few moments to understand it's not a good idea, and I don't have to go there. And I don't have to go there if I stay in fit spiritual condition. That's the only way I can do it. It's the only way I've found to be able to do it. Um, and, and how do I do that? I do that... Um, by doing a deal on a daily basis. I do a reading in the morning for today. I call my sponsor on a regular basis. I write a daily inventory. I talk to sponsees on a regular basis. Um, I'm connect- I go to meetings. I stay connected to program because uh, I have a sponsee once who had a gift for analogy, and he said one of my favorite things in programs, which was, I can't stay clean today on yesterday's shower. Uh, I love that. My head tells me that's 13 minutes. Okay, thank you. Uh, my head tells me that uh, I've got 23 years, so I can relax. I my head tells me you got this. You don't have to do all this nonsense all the time, and you don't have to spend all this time and energy on it. You you know you can coast now. You're good. Uh, that's what my head tells me. Uh, and on occasion in program, I have done that. I mean, I'm not. I, this is not. I didn't have a pink cloud straight line. I went up. I went down. Uh, and uh, so I've gained weight in program. I've lost weight in program. Uh, and yet, I, if I keep coming back, uh, I get the serenity around it. When I'm in good shape, I get a 24-hour reprieve. And it is a true reprieve, something I don't feel any other way, that I've never felt any other way. Um, there was a time in, uh, in uh, college when a friendly doctor gave me uh, diet pills that today you would call speed. Um, and... They, I flew around the, the room, but I had no appetite. Uh, so I, I lost weight because I was eating one meal a day. But I was thinking about food all the time. Uh, in other words, uh, well, I'm only going to have one meal, but what should it be? And what about a little of this? And da, 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 da. So my head was still spinning with the food. Um, I, I have a friend who uh, had an intestinal bypass, and I, I was sitting with him uh, a couple of months after. And he said, you know, and he sort of like sighed. He said, very sad. For me, he said, eating is now a spectator sport. And he was like really depressed. And I thought, there's a, there's an incredible picture of the difference between spiritual fitness and physical recovery. Because he physically couldn't eat. He was losing weight. But he was so unhappy and he was so depressed and he was so obsessed with the idea that he'd lost something so precious I get it, by the way. I, I felt that way myself. Like, how can I give this up? This is my soothing medicine. This coats my nerves. This makes me feel good. It takes me away from the world. Um, I get that. Uh, but now I understand that what I get from the serenity, what I get from the peace in all areas of my life, not just around the food, but just the ability to be calm around all areas of life, because it's the dis-ease of that living that drives me to it. I mean, people... I've heard people say, uh, you know, I don't have an eating problem. I have a stopping problem. Uh, it, it, the problem is is life in between. 
The problem is life in between the meals. And if I'm in good spiritual shape and if I'm uh, if I have a serenity around my life, I get a serenity around the food. If I focus outward, my life gets better. If I, if it helps in my work, it helps in my family life. It helps in every aspect of it to be thinking about other people's desires and genuinely wanting to be of help, not doing it because I can get something in return, which is my pre-programmed mindset. Uh, and it is a psychic shift as they talk about it in the big book. It's, it's a, a, a rocket to another dimension, so to speak. A little dramatic, but it, it's to some degree true. Uh, it's a very, very different way of looking at life. And as long as I, again, do the deal on a daily basis, I get the reprieve. And as long as I keep sharing it with others and as long as I keep thinking about what I can do to be useful and what I can do to be helpful, uh, I get a release from the obsession that I've found uh, no other way uh, to give. Um, and um, there, there was a saying I picked up in program, which I'll, uh, I'll end with, because uh, it, it's, it's, to me, the key to all of the serenity. Uh, and uh, that I can, when things aren't going the way I want them to, uh, I can start to get agitated until I realize that there's a bigger plan out there for me than I'm capable of seeing. Uh, people say, if you get your plan instead of God's plan, you're going to short yourself, um, which, you know, in the short term can be frustrating, but in the long term has borne out to me uh, that things have happened the way they're supposed to, even if I don't like them in the moment, even if they're not where I think they should be. So uh, the expression I heard was, God only gives you three answers. Yes, yes, but not now. Or no, I have something better for you. And I love that. It's my experience that I'm going to be okay and that things are going to work out even if I can't see them. And so, therefore, I can get a serenity around my life and a serenity around my food, again, that I can't get any other way. So uh, thank you for letting me be of service.